Section sixteen of the Book of a Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume seven. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Pam Castile. The Book of a Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume seven, by Anonymous. Translated by Richard Francis Burton. Section sixteen. When it was the six hundred and eighty-second night, she resumed, It hath reached me, O auspicious king, that the prince of true believers, Abid al-Malik bin Marwan, hearing of the lady's beauty and loveliness, sent to ask her in marriage, and she wrote him in reply a letter, in which, after the glorification of Allah and benediction of his prophet, she said, But afterwards... Know, O commander of the faithful, that the dog hath lapped in the vase. When the caliph read her answer, he laughed and wrote to her, citing his saying, Whom may Allah bless and keep? If a dog lap in the vessel of one of you, let him wash seven times, once thereof with earth, and adding, Wash the affront from the place of use. With this she could not gainsay him, so she replied to him, saying, after praise and blessing, O commander of the faithful, I will not consent save on one condition, and if thou ask me what it is, I reply that Al-Hajjai lead my camel to the town where thou tarriest, barefoot and clad as he is. When the caliph read her letter, he laughed long and loudly, and sent to Al-Hajjai, bidding him to do as she wished. He dared not disobey the order, so he submitted to the caliph's commandment, and sent to Hind, telling her to make ready for the journey. So she made ready, and mounted her litter. When Al-Hajjai, with his suite, came up to Hind's door, and as she mounted, and her damsels and eunuchs rode around her, he dismounted and took the halter of her camel, and led it along, barefooted, whilst she and her damsels and tirewomen laughed and jeered at him, and made mock of him. Then she said to her tirewomen, "'Draw back the curtain of the litter.' and she drew back the curtain, till Hind was face to face with Al-Hajjai, whereupon she laughed at him, and he improvised this couplet. Though now thou jeer, O Hind, how many a night! I've left thee wakeful, sighing for the light. And she answered him with these two. We reck not, and our life escape from bane, for waste of wealth and gear that went in vain. Money may be regained and rank rewon, when one is cured of malady and pain. And she ceased not to laugh at him and make sport of him, till they drew near the city of the caliph, when she threw down a dinar with her own hand and said to Al-Hajjai, O camel-driver, I have dropped a dirham. Look for it and give it to me. So he looked, and seeing naught but the dinar, said, This is a dinar. She replied, Nay, tis a dirham. But he said, This is a dinar. Then quoth she, Praise be Allah, who hath given us in exchange for a paltry dirham a dinar. Give it to us. 
and al-hashai was abashed at this then he carried her to the palace of the commander of the faithful and she went in to him and became his favourite and shahrazad perceived the dawn of day and ceased saying her permitted say when it was the six hundred and eighty-third night she pursued it hath reached me o auspicious king that men also tell a tale anent Kajima bin Bishir and Ikram al-Fuyaz. There lived once, in the days of the Caliph Suleiman bin Abid al-Malik, a man of the Banu Asad, by name Kajima bin Bishir, who was famed for bounty and abundant wealth, and excellence and righteous dealing with his brethren. He continued thus till times grew straight with him, and he became in need of the aid of those Muslim brethren on whom he had lavished favour and kindness. So they succoured him a while, and then grew weary of him, which when he saw, he went in to his wife, who was the daughter of his father's brother, and said to her, O oh, my cousin, I find a change in my brethren, wherefore I am resolved to keep my house till death come to me. So he shut his door and abode in his home, living on that which he had by him, till it was spent, and he knew not what to do. Now Ikram al-Rabai, surnamed al-Fuyaz, governor of Mesopotamia, had known him, and one day, as he sat in his audience chamber, mention was made of Kajima, whereupon quoth Ikram, How is it with him? And quoth they, he is in a plight past telling, and hath shut his door, and keepeth the house. Ikram rejoined, This cometh but of his excessive generosity. But how is it that Kajima bin Bashir findeth nor comforter nor requiter? And they replied, He hath found naught of this. So when it was night, Ikram took four thousand dinars, and laid them in one purse, then, bidding saddle his beast, he mounted and rode privily to Kajima's house, attended only by one of his pages, carrying the money. When he came to the door, he alighted, and taking the purse from the page, made him withdraw afar off, after which he went up to the door and knocked. Kajima came out to him, and he gave him the purse, saying, Better thy case herewith. He took it, and finding it heavy, put it from his hand, and laying hold of the bridle of Ikram's horse, asked, Who art thou? My soul be thy ransom, answered Ikram. O man, I come not to thee at a time like this, desiring that thou shouldst know me. Kajima rejoined, I will not let thee go till thou make thyself known to me. Whereupon Ikram said, I am height Jabir Atharet al-Kiram. Quoth Kajima, Tell me more. But Ikram cried, No, and fared forth, whilst Kajima went into his cousin and said to her, Rejoice, for Allah hath sent us speedy relief and wealth. If these be but durhams, yet they are many. Arise and light the lamp. She said, I have not wherewithal to light it. So he spent the night handling the coins, and felt by their roughness that they were dinars, but could not credit it. Meanwhile Ikram returned to his own house, and found that his wife had missed him, and asked for him, and when they told her of his riding forth, she misdoubted of him, and said to him, 
Verily, the Wali of Al-Jazeera rideth not abroad after such an hour of the night, unattended and secretly, save to a wife or a mistress. He answered, Allah knoweth that I went not forth to either of these. Tell me then, wherefore thou wentest forth? I went not forth at this hour, save that none should know it. I must needs be told. Wilt thou keep the matter secret if I tell thee? Yes. So he told her the state of the case, adding, Wilt thou have me swear to thee? Answered she, No, no, my heart is set at ease, and trusteth in that which thou hast told me. As for Kajima, soon as it was day he made his peace with his creditors, and set his affairs in order, after which he got him ready, and set out for the court of Suleiman bin Abid al-Malik, who was then sojourning in Palestine. When he came to the royal gate he sought admission of the chamberlain, who went in and told the caliph of his presence. Now he was renowned for his beneficence, and Suleiman knew of him, so he bade admit him. When he entered, he saluted the caliph after the usual fashion of saluting, and the king asked, O Kajima, what hath kept thee so long from us? Answered he, Evil case, and quoth the caliph, What hindered thee from having recourse to us? Quoth he, My infirmity, O commander of the faithful. And why, said Saluman, comest thou to us now? Kajima replied, Know, O commander of the faithful, that I was sitting one night late in my house, when a man knocked at the door and did thus and thus, and he went on to tell him of all that had passed between Ikram and himself from first to last. Salomon asked, Knowest thou the man? And Kajima answered, No, O commander of the faithful, he was reserved, and would say naught save, I am hight Jabir Atharat al-Kiram. When Suleiman heard this, his heart burned within him for anxiety to discover the man, and he said, If we knew him, truly we would requite him for his generosity. Then he bound for Kajima a banner, and made him governor of Mesopotamia, in the stead of Ikram al-Fuyaz and he set out for Al-Jazeera. When he drew near the city, Ikram and the people of the place came forth to meet him, and they saluted each other and went on into the town, where Kajima took up his lodging in the government house, and bade take security for Ikram, and that he should be called to account. So an account was taken against him, and he was found to be in default for much money, whereupon Kajima required of him payment, but he said, I have no means of paying aught. Quoth Kajima, It must be paid. And quoth Ikram, I have it not. Do what thou hast to do. So Kajima ordered him to jail. And Shahrazad perceived the dawn of day, and ceased to say her permitted say. When it was the six hundred and eighty-fourth night, she said, it hath reached me, O auspicious king, that Kajima, having ordered the imprisonment of Ikram al-Fuyaz, sent to him again to demand payment of the debt. But he replied, I am not of those who preserve their wealth at the expense of their honor. Do what thou wilt. 
Then Kajimah bade load him with irons, and kept him in prison a month or more, till confinement began to tell upon him, and he became wasted. After this, tidings of his plight travelled to the daughter of his uncle, who was troubled with sore concern thereat, and sending for a freedwoman of hers, a woman of abundant judgment and experience, said to her, Go forthwith to the emir Kojima's gate, and say, I have a counsel for the emir. If they ask what it is, add, I will not tell it save to himself. And when thou enterest to him, beg to see him in private, and when private, ask him, What be this deed thou hast done? Hath Jabir Atharat al-Kiram deserved of thee no better reward than to be cast into straight prison and hard bond of irons? The woman did as she was bid, and when Kajima heard her words, he cried out at the top of his voice, saying, alas the baseness of it was it indeed he and she answered yes then he bade saddle his beast forthwith and summoning the honourable men of the city repaired with them to the prison and opening the door went in with them to ikram whom they found sitting in evil case worn out and wasted with blows and misery when he looked at kajimah he was abashed and hung his head but the other bent down to him and kissed his face whereupon he raised his head and asked what maketh thee do this answered kajimah the generosity of thy dealing and the vileness of my requital and ikram said allah pardon us and thee then kajimah commanded the jailer to strike off ikram's fetters and clap them on his own feet but ikram said what is this thou wilt do quoth the other i have a mind to suffer what thou hast suffered quoth ikram i conjure thee by allah do not so then they went out together and returned to kajimah's house where ikram would have farewelled him and wended his way but he forbade him and ikram said what is thy will of me replied kajimah I wish to change thy case, for my shame before the daughter of thine uncle is yet greater than my shame before thee. So he bade clear the bath, and entering with Ikram, served him there in person, and when they went forth he bestowed on him a splendid robe of honour, and mounted him, and gave him much money. Then he carried him to his house, and asked his leave to make his excuses to his wife, and obtained her pardon. After this he besought him to accompany him to the caliph, who was then abiding at Ramla, and he agreed. So they journeyed thither, and when they reached the royal quarters the chamberlain went in, and acquainted the caliph Suleiman bin Abid al-Malik with Kajima's arrival, whereat he was troubled, and said, What? is the governor of mesopotamia come without our command this can be only on some grave occasion then he bade admit him and said before saluting him what is behind thee o kajimah replied he good o commander of the faithful asked salaman what bringeth thee and he answered saying i have discovered jabir atharat al-kiram and thought to gladden thee with him knowing thine excessive desire to know him and thy longing to see him who is he 
quoth the caliph and quoth kazimah he is ikram al fuyaz so solomon called for ikram who approached and saluted him as caliph and the king welcomed him and making him draw near his sitting-place said to him o ikram thy good deed to him hath brought thee naught but evil adding now write down in a note thy needs each and every and that which thou desirest he did so and the caliph commanded to do all that he required and that forthwith moreover he gave him ten thousand dinars more than he asked for and twenty chests of clothes over and above that he sought and calling for a spear bound him a banner and made him governor over armenia and azarbaijan and mesopotamia saying kajuma's case is in thy hands and thou wilt continue him in his office and if thou wilt degrade him and ikram said nay but i restore him to his office o commander of the faithful then they went out from him and ceased not to be governors under Salomon bin Abid al-Malik all the days of his caliphate. And they also tell a tale of Yunus the scribe and the caliph Walid bin Sal. There lived in the reign of the caliph Hisham, son of Abid al-Malik, a man called Yunus the scribe, well known to the general, and he set out one day on a journey to Damascus, having with him a slave-girl of surpassing beauty and loveliness, whom he had taught all that was needful to her, and whose price was a hundred thousand dirhams. When they drew near to Damascus, the caravan halted by the side of a lake, and Eunice went down to a quiet place with his damsel, and took out some victual he had with him, and a leather bottle of wine as he sat at meat behold came up a young man of goodly favour and dignified presence mounted on a sorrel horse and followed by two eunuchs and said to him wilt thou accept me to guest yes replied eunice so the stranger alighted and said give me to drink of thy wine eunice gave him to drink and he said if it please thee sing us a song so eunice sang this couplet extempore she joineth charms where never seen conjoined in mortal dress and for her love she makes me love my tears and wakefulness at which the stranger rejoiced with exceeding joy and eunice gave him to drink again and again till the wine got the better of him and he said bid thy slave-girl sing so she improvised this couplet Ahari, by whose charms my heart is moved to sore distress, nor wand of tree, nor sun, nor moon, her rivals I confess. The stranger was overjoyed with this, and they sat drinking till nightfall, when they prayed the evening prayer, and the youth said to Eunice, What bringeth thee to our city? He replied, Quest of wherewithal to pay my debts and better my case, quoth the other. Wilt thou sell me this slave-girl for thirty thousand dirhams? Whereto quoth Eunice, I must have more than that, he asked. Will forty thousand content thee? But Eunice answered, That would only settle my debts, and I should remain empty-handed. Rejoined the stranger, 
we will take her of thee of fifty thousand dirhams and give thee a suit of clothes to boot and the expenses of thy journey and make thee a sharer in my condition as long as thou livest cried eunice i sell her to thee on these terms then said the young man wilt thou trust me to bring thee the money to-morrow and let me take her with me or shall she abide with thee till i pay down her price whereto wine and shame and awe of the stranger led eunice to reply i will trust thee take her and allah bless thee in her whereupon the visitor bade one of his pages sit her before him on his beast and mounting his own horse farewelled of eunice and rode away out of sight hardly had he left him when the seller bethought himself and knew that he had erred in selling her and said to himself what have i done i have delivered my slave-girl to a man with whom i am unacquainted neither know i who he is and grant that i were acquainted with him how am i to get at him so he abode in thought till the morning when he prayed the dawn prayers and his companions entered damascus whilst he sat perplexed and wotting not what to do till the sun scorched him and it irked him to abide there he thought to enter the city but said in his mind if i enter damascus i cannot be sure but that the messenger will come and find me not in which case i shall have sinned against myself a second sin accordingly he sat down in the shade of a wall that was there and towards the wane of day up came one of the eunuchs whom he had seen with the young man whereat great joy possessed eunice and he said to himself i know not that aught hath ever given me more delight than the sight of this castrato when the eunuch reached him he said to him o oh, my lord we have kept thee long waiting but eunice disclosed nothing to him of the torments of anxiety he had suffered then quoth the castrato knowest thou the man who bought the girl of thee and quoth eunice no to which the other rejoined twas walid bin sal the heir apparent and eunice was silent then said the eunuch ride and made him mount a horse he had with him and they rode till they came to a mansion where they dismounted and entered here eunice found the damsel who sprang up at his sight and saluted him he asked her how she had fared with him who had bought her and she answered he lodged me in this apartment and ordered me all i needed then he sat with her a while till suddenly one of the servants of the house-owner came in and bade him rise and follow him so he followed the man into the presence of his master and found him yesternight's guest whom he saw seated on his couch and who said to him who art thou i am eunice the scribe welcome to thee o eunice by allah i have long wished to look on thee for i have heard of thy report how didst thou pass the night well may almighty allah advance thee peradventure thou repentedest thee of that thou didst yesterday and saidst to thyself i have delivered my slave-girl to a man with whom i am not acquainted neither know i his name nor whence he cometh 
Allah forbid, O Emir, that I should repent over her. Had I made gift of her to the prince, she were the least of the gifts that are given unto him. And Shahrazad perceived the dawn of day, and ceased saying her permitted say. End of section 16 Recording by Pam Castile